Welcome to Urban Born Northwest with your host, Eddie Rye. Today, we're doing a tribute uh, to the late, great Bill Russell. And uh, we have uh, uh, a Hall of Fame uh, player and coach, Lenny Wilkins, on the line with us. Hall of Fame player, Spencer Haywood. Uh, we have uh, Bob Flowers, who was the uh, captain of the 1961 Garfield High School basketball championship team. We also have Roy Hayes, who was captain of the 1962 Garfield High School basketball team. So what we like to do is uh, we're going to defer to the elder and refer and defer to Lenny Wilkins to have him give some uh, comments and reflections on uh, the late great Bill Russell. So uh, Coach Wilkins, go right ahead. Well, uh, Eddie, uh, listen, I met Bill very long time ago. Uh, he was a, a senior in college, uh, but I had met him uh, just a little before then. Uh, I was a, uh, a, junior, a, ju a sophomore, and I was uh, asked to show uh, a young guy that he was being a guardian to, a guy by the name of Jimmy Hadnot. Uh, I was asked to show him around Providence College, and he decided to go there. And from that point on, Russ and I had a great relationship. You know, uh, he uh, was friendly when I came into the NBA. Uh, there weren't too many of us back then. And certain cities, uh, I was drafted by the St. Louis Hawks. I wasn't very happy about that because I had played there when I was in college and you couldn't eat in the restaurants downtown. So when I got drafted by them, I was saying, wow. <clears throat> and they only had one minority on the team. Back then, the NBA was very thin, uh, not like today. And uh, But uh, I made a place for myself. Uh, Bill was very friendly, went out of his way uh, to uh, welcome uh, me and other players into the NBA, and certainly he was a spokesman. Uh, he spoke up because uh, nope, they weren't going to trade Bill Russell, so no, he was never afraid of being traded. But he was going to speak his mind and let people know that wrong was wrong, and I don't care how you look at it. Lenny, this is Spencer. Have... Is that hey, Lenny? What what would that team have been like? if you guys had a kept Bill Russell before that trade with St. Louis Hawks, who are some of those players on that team? And you guys probably would have been the, the 11 time champion. Well, Tell me a little bit quite, about that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that you, you're probably right, Spencer, you know, if the Hawks had kept him, but at that time, like I said, they, it was only like one, or two minorities on uh, a team in the NBA other than the Celtics. And so had we kept Bill, uh, there's no question in my mind that uh, we would have won a lot of championships because uh, no one could play defense the way he did in the middle. You know, and, uh, and, and not only was he, uh, you know, physically talented, he was very cerebral about the game. And uh, yes. so uh, I think that would have helped us a lot. Well, what, what, would, what would the lineup look like on that team? It would be you at one guard? Yeah, I think I would be at one guard. Uh, probably uh, in the beginning, uh, maybe uh, Johnny McCarthy. 
Uh, although, yep. uh, you know, I think that also Bob Pettit and Bob Cliff Hagen. Bob Pettit at the big forward. And Cliff Hagen at the small forward. Cliff Hagen at the small forward. Oh, my God. What a formidable team. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can tell Spencer Hagen was a radio. And you had, uh, what's the name, Cleo Hill was coming in at that time? Cleo Hill was after? coming in and... Uh, Right, he would have survived because Bill would have helped him. See, Bill I had would to have go. Helped him, of course, I I had to go into the military after my first year. Yeah, uh, I I missed a year and a half of ball because I was uh, a second lieutenant in the uh, in the army. But Lenny, coming from California, I don't think Bill Russell would have survived in St. Louis. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe not, maybe not, uh, unless winning was important. If winning was important, hey, people overlook a lot of things. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Man, so what Spencer, a team uh, that would have been. Spencer, you had, uh, it was a front page article uh, this past uh, this past Sunday, and you were quoted extensively in articles by Matt Calkins. And uh, Bill Russell had an early impression on you. Can you share that with our uh, listening audience? Yes. Well, Lenny and, and the rest of you guys, I met Bill Russell when I was a junior in high school. And back then, Lenny, you know, you used to play at Cobo Hall Arena. And you would <laughs> yes. stay at the, the hotel, at the Pontchartrain Hotel. And so... I went down with Will Robinson, who was my coach and my mentor and who adopted me when I came up from Mississippi. He wanted me to watch Bill Russell and learn how to play because he wanted me to be a shot blocker and a rebounder. And so I watched Bill Russell and I watched all of this stuff. I wrote it down in my notebook. These are the things that I have to do and everything. So once the game was over, Bill Russell had to walk across the street over to the hotel. And I was standing out there waiting for him. And I met Bill Russell and I was so impressed because he was like an Ivy League dresser. He had this stingy brim cap on, hat on. He had a black suit on, black skinny tie, sort of like wingtip shoes and a trench coat, a London fog, but it was black. And that goatee was like standing out to me. So Will Robinson's once Bill left and went on up to the room, he said, what did you get out of everything that you've learned tonight? I said, when I get old enough and get away from you, I'm going to grow a goatee. <laughs> <laughs> well, Spencer, one of the great teachers of our game was Will Robinson. A lot of people don't know that. And yes. certainly yes. Uh, you benefited by it, but we all benefited from knowing him i mean yes. what a what a man and uh what certainly uh you know uh you got an opportunity to be meet bill russell and and then eventually who did you get to meet me <laughs> yeah well <laughs> think about it Lenny. This, this is what i had i had from the 68 olympics i had john mclendon and uh, hank Ivor. I had the first black coach. Then I went to the Denver Rockets. I had John McLendon. I left the Rockets. I had you as my coach in Seattle. And after you, there was Bill Russell. Wow. I was well, so blessed. It was, it was wonderful times for all of us, believe me. 
Yeah, we have, uh, I want to see, we got some uh, some local stars on here, although Joe Godot was a superstar at prep, but, you know, <laughs> I, I want to make sure I acknowledge him. And then Roy Hayes, as I mentioned earlier, had won the 62 championship. A year before that, Bob Flowers won the 61 championship. And we're going to talk about Levi and Willie Campbell, because that was 62 <laughs> and, and Blanchett got them. But uh, Bob, why don't you share with us some of your sure. reflection, the impact that Bill Russell had on you as a player and a person? Yeah, you know, just learning the game of basketball, our coaches uh, compared us to what was happening at McClyman's High School in Oakland, where Bill uh, won two state championships. Bill Russell's teams won two state championships. And and McClyman's and Garfield High School were all, always compared because McClyman's was the inner city school, a large African-American population, and the Garfield's inner city school had a large uh, African-American population. So, you know, he they emphasized uh, good, strong rebounding, good defense, which was uh, the, the hallmarks for Bill Russell. And that would, you know, help you become a better basketball player, but also uh, have more team success. I'll let Roy talk about the Garfield team success when we get to that point. But uh, my first introduction to Bill Russell was when he was coaching, when he first came to Seattle. Him and the late Jim Lydell uh, formed a strong friendship, primarily through golf, but Jim Lydell was also a banker. So Bill asked him to uh, put together a financial management plan or, or to help his young players who were coming into all this money, and he was worried about them not understanding the finances and how to management, manage it. So we... Uh, we, we, we put together a presentation to uh, present to the players. Spencer, I don't know if you remember, but we came to your apartment, you and Fred Brown, and uh, Jim and I made a presentation to you one evening. This was, when I think, your first year in Seattle. Anyway, uh, so that was my first introduction to Bill Russell. He wasn't concerned about just winning. He was concerned about making sure his players uh, had, you know, a uh, good management of their money so they'd be set for the remainder of their lives. Uh, then my second reflection on Bill Russell has to do with uh, the Lenny Wilkins golf tournament. For some reason, I ended up always, well, the two times, not always, but two times being matched up with uh, Bill Russell and being in the same cart with Bill. Uh, one time, uh, Bill and I were in the same cart and he, he started off uh, walking the first three holes. He didn't say anything to anybody. And he was actually playing his own ball when we were playing scramble. So we said, well, it's going to be a long day. You know, Bill's not, you know, he's not really into this. And the guys that were in the foursome, they were a little bit worried. They said, well, we got to go 18 holes like this. So anyway, on the fifth hole, Bill Russell opens up a big bar of Snickers. And he ate his Snickers bar. And then from then on, we couldn't shut that brother up, man. He talked the whole, <laughs> the whole 18 holes. He was laughing, telling jokes. He was the warmest and friendliest guy you ever want to meet. And then I don't know if you recall, Lenny, then we went back to the clubhouse for the EZL's chicken dinner. He was talking to everybody in the clubhouse. People were coming up to him, having a conversation. And it wasn't the Bill Russell that, you know, had that image of being – uh, really stoic and, and to himself. He was he was feeling in a good mood and enjoyed the whole the whole day. And I know Lenny, your tournaments kind of brought the best out in people. That's my well, experiences with Bill. Yeah. Well, we we wanted people to have a good time, 
uh, and because they were supporting our charity, which was the Odessa Brown Children's Clinic. And, uh, and, and, and what happened to Bill, that was a sugar high. <laughs> Those Snickers. That's what he needed. He you know he needed. He got going. <laughs> he got going. Yeah. And, and, but, uh, and you know also, what it was like, Lenny, when we would, when we would finish E-Sales. Come on. Okay, are we going to, to Roy Hayes? The the Cape Capital of the nineteen sixty four Garfield Bulldog Champions. You got to unmute, Roy. <laughs> Sandra, unmuting. He's had the same problem we had. Okay, you guys mute until you come to you. Uh, uh, okay, well we'll just have to uh, go back to. I can yeah. talk to you a little bit about okay. Garfield. Okay, I'm here, Eddie. Okay, you got me, Eddie? Roy's on. Okay. Go ahead, man. Okay, okay. My my recollection from Bill goes way back, well, high school days anyway. Um, being a student of the game myself, um, he always played the game in the moment, like all the great ball players did. Mr. Wilkins the same way, uh, Spencer the same way, was always in the moment. And when I would see him on TV with the younger players, the younger players always greet him with a smile and um, they always knew that they were in the presence of greatness. And that's the way they treated him, with reverence. And he always had that cackling laugh. And whenever he laughed, if you were in the room, if you watched him on TV and Bill laughed, you had to laugh. You may not even understand what the joke was, but you laughed anyway just because Bill told the joke. But uh, he had an influence on my life because he's one of those good ball players, and you always wanted to do the things that the good ball players did. Mr. Wilkins was the same way. I used to watch him when he played ball in school too. So that's my recollection going way back in those days. All right. Uh, and thanks to Roy, ahead, Garfield yeah. won its two in a row. We yeah, were, Levi let us down the third line. year. Yeah. <laughs> those were the good days. Okay. Uh, uh, Spencer, do you have further comments or Lenny? Well, I, I just think that, um, you know, it's a huge loss for the NBA. Uh, Bill was an icon. And, you know, over the years, uh, he made people, people feel good. And he could talk the game to you. He understood it. And he understood what it took to win. And, uh, and that's what we want our young people to know today what it takes to be successful, that they have to be a part of what's going on in this world. And, and Russ wasn't one to mince words. So, uh, yeah, I miss him. Uh, we were good friends. We got to know one another. We, we, uh, when I first came, came into the NBA, he welcomed me like I was a long-lost brother. And, and so, you know, it just made it that much easier because we all had to go through a lot back in those days. And you had to know that somebody was in your corner. So, you know, Hey, uh, he was, did an outstanding job. Uh, he proved what he knew through how he inspired his team, the Celtics. And, uh, and we love competing against them uh, because we knew that every game, was not going to be easy, but we had to be ready. And, and so for me, uh, yeah, it was a huge loss. And uh, But 
I do know and will always remember the impact that he had on the NBA. Great impact. Uh, my life is forever changed by just listening to Bill Russell, him teaching me how and when to play and what, what to do and how to carry myself as a, as a player. And also after uh, all of us retired, he would also spend a lot of time with the Retired Players Association. He would come to all of the events. He would talk to everyone. And I remember uh, being with he, Charlie Rosenzweig, and all of us uh, at finals and at All-Star Weekend. Man, what a joy. What a joy. He's going to solely be missed. And, but he taught us all so much and taught us about humility and taught us about grace and about the joy of, of living. So I appreciate him. Well, Bob, Roy, you guys can chime right in with a comment anytime you get ready. Well, also the um, him being an activist, um, he, was, he wasn't afraid even back in the day. He wasn't afraid. He was one of the few people who spoke up when things weren't going right. It didn't bother him the fact that he might suffer financially. He would speak up. That that episode they had in Boston where they wouldn't let one of the ball players in the hotel in the restaurant to eat, and uh, he decided, "Hey, we're not going to play." Went to a red. Hey, we're not going to play, and that was it. So Red had to come on board, and and the black ball players on the team decided not to play that game that night. So. He had a great impact, not on just basketball, but I think on just people in general. And most people who came in contact with came away with a smile on their face and they had learned a little something because they had spoken to Bill Russell. Um, he will be missed. He was one of those. I remember when, when Muhammad Ali died, when I heard Muhammad Ali had passed away, I had a tear in my eye because I know we had lost a great one. The voice, the presence, um, that laugh. Uh, the advice he would just give to people, the, the way he spoke, just, just his whole persona. We had just lost a great one. And, uh, hey, uh, he's going to be missed. Like Mr. Wilkins said, he will be missed. But we got some good memories. You got some wonderful memories. And and we're talking about also uh, <clears throat> Lenny Wilkins and also Bob and Bob's wife uh, and Danella, who are involved with uh, uh, that Lenny Wilkins Foundation Gill. And uh, uh, some people are a little bit upset, include myself. Because as far as I'm concerned, all the money y'all raised to build that building uh, out at uh, Othello Station and what's being remodeled at 22nd and Yester should have uh, Lenny Wilkins and Ben Daniels' name on those buildings, uh, as far as I'm concerned. And uh, those guys did an outstanding job in terms of uh, raising money. As a matter of fact, uh, Bob, somebody wanted to ask me if uh, if the uh, they would talk about the, uh, the Odessa Brown Guild. I said, I think it needs to be the Lenny Wilkins Foundation Guild. So how yeah. does that work? If somebody want to honor you guys for raising all that money and stuff, who would be the appropriate entity? Would it be the, it wouldn't maybe be the children's orthopedic guild. We wouldn't want to deal with them. Although Dessa Brown, would it be the Lenny Wilkins foundation guild? How does that work? It, it would be very difficult at this point with the management that's in place. Uh, I mean, any additional dollars, you don't know how they're going to be used and that, that's the reason why we uh, are no longer part of the, uh, you know, their uh, their guild or their hospital affiliation. You've got some leadership there that's uh, that's not right, and you know, and I think my you know a number of us have spoken out. You know, again, that's where you get a Bill Russell ty- type of uh, 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 
concern about what's happening in your community and you speak out about it. And, you know, you feel that, you know, even though you may be on the limb a lot of times by yourself, uh, you still got to have that courage to uh, bring the issues to light. And there's still a lot of issues that need to be brought to light that uh, they are not uh, willing to uh, to share with the public. And so uh, that's why we stepped away and, you know, have stopped donating. I can certainly well, hey, guys. Go ahead. Hey, Eddie. Yes. Eddie Spencer here. I have to go to another conference. We have the National Association of Black Journalists uh, Convention here in Las Vegas. So I have to go back in and speak. Well, that's good. great. Uh, my daughter Angela would have been there, but she uh, she's missing out this time. But she said uh, she, she missed seeing you. So, but I guess you know her friend anyway. and played ball with his, his dad. So I won't say nothing. I won't snatch the covers you all the way put up. it all in the press and everything. Everybody knows what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you look up. You <laughs> so anyway, Spencer, thank you very much, man, for your comments. Thank you. Your thank you, guys. Today. All right. Also, also for the investment you made in KYAC to keep the black station on the radio. And you had the Sunday night program? Yes. The Sunday night program with Fred Brown, Garfield Hurd, and I don't know what else y'all All those guys sitting around at at the round table. All right. (laughs) All right. Y'all be well. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Okay. Lenny, you have, you have some further Bill Russell reflections or any advice for younger players right now? Well, I, I think uh, I would encourage younger players to be involved in the community. Know what your community is doing. Try and be a part of it. L- listen, when I first came here to Seattle, and, and I'm never afraid to give her the credit she's due, uh, I met two women, one by the name of Freddie Mae Gauthier, and the other was Toby Burton. And they're the ones that brought my attention to the Odessa Brown Children's Clinic. So I'm all about young people. Young people are tomorrow's doctors, lawyers, uh, athletes, uh, politicians. They're the future. And we need to know that they can believe that they can make a difference. And we, I want to encourage that. And uh, whatever we find wrong, let's write it as much as possible. And uh, Dr. Flowers, you've been active in the community on a lot of boards and organizations. What kind of advice would you have? Uh, That, you know, and I'm look, you know, we're at the point where at least I'm at the point where we're looking for that next wave of leadership. And, you know, we're starting to see young people step, when I say young, in their 30s and 40s, like goddaughter, (laughs) step up and take take the mantle and 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 uh, and be uh, be active. And I think the thing that what Lenny is referring to is that the athletes have a platform that ordinary people don't, you know, have that, that access to the press or to, uh, to, to issues or, and to be able to present those issues from their platform. And uh, I know it's difficult, you know, you had the Michael Jordan kind of approach, you know, you don't, you don't want to, you don't, you've got Republicans and Democrats and they all buy Nikes, I guess was his comment. And uh, and you don't want to alienate one segment of the population, but I think now uh, you you can't. There's there's too much being taken away from us that we have worked so hard through the '60s again. That if you don't step up, you're going to find yourself back or even further behind 
we were in the 60s. And you see all these uh, all this legislation and, and these types of leaders that are coming forward. Uh, that's not in the best interest of, of people of color. So, you know, I know um, that some of the athletes are stepping up, but there's others who are fearful of uh, losing their, you know, their, their their employment if they get too outspoken. And that's that's the problem you have. You know, you have someone like LeBron that has uh, security. He's not, you know, whatever he says, it, he's always going to have a job in the league. And most of the league uh, embrace most of the teams like L.A. now. They'll embrace him and allow him to have that platform. But you look at some of the guys who may be further down the line uh, on the bench, they uh, they may be more articulate in expressing their concerns, but they're a little fearful of being uh, retained in the league if they get too outspoken. And football, that's truly the case. Basketball, I think, is more liberal and gives gives you more opportunity. But football still has that plantation mentality. And you can ask Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I want to find out who is the best white American NBA player. So let's take this break and we'll be back. <laughs> white chocolate's gone. Huh? <laughs> Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxshops.com. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill and the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Link Light Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Link Light Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Bringing good vibes to the Puget Sound and the world. Alternative Talk 1150. During the break, we were talking about a few things about getting old and stuff like that. But uh, does uh, anybody have any more uh, stories to tell about Bill Russell, any influence? Did you want to hear he it? He lived on Mercer Island for almost 50 years, too. Yeah. This. No. Lenny, is that you? Yeah. I'm, go right that? Ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, go right ahead. I know you were talking. You were talking to someone else, but go ahead. I want you to further do further reflections on Bill Russell. Well, yeah, you, you know, it's just that um, you know Bill came through at a time 
when it was so necessary. And, uh, you know, he was very fortunate. Uh, I can remember one time we were on a ferry boat up here. Uh, for some reason, Bill was vacationing up here, and we were going over to uh, Bremont- uh, Vancouver, rather. And uh, we were on the ferry with him. And, you know, at that time, Bill, he, he was still like uh, Mr. Mean. But but never to me. Uh, I, I feel very fortunate. And so we're on the ferry, and my mother and father-in-law were on there. And my father asked, father-in-law asked him for an autograph. And, you know, Bill wouldn't give autographs. Yeah. So Bill came mm-hmm. over. And we all posed and took a picture with my father-in-law, and uh, you know it, uh, it 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 worked out well. But uh, I think that's because of our close relationship over the years. Um, you know, it was um, being a part of the NBA Players Association, being a part of the NBA Coaches Association. I've had an opportunity to do it all and help the coaches with their pensions, uh, uh, things like that, uh, with per diem. Uh, you know, I remember one year uh, we were all in Boston, and uh, we had just gotten a new legal counsel, and uh, they were going to tell the new commissioner that we were going to strike the All-Star game because we wanted uh, a better contract, we wanted better per diem, better uh, pension, and uh, they couldn't believe it. And we all went into one locker room and refused to come out. And finally, uh, they agreed because CBS was going to cancel the game. So rather than cancel the game, they acquiesced. And we wound up getting a new pension uh, for the players. Uh, we got better per diem. Uh, all the benefits started to improve. That's great. Well, the what you hear is the blue angels flying over the house. <laughs> so anyway, it is seafaring time, so they're going to be flying around. They're doing a low show today because it's cloudy. Uh, it'll be a low show tomorrow because it'll be cloudy. But Saturday and Sunday, it's going to be 84 and 86. So that's going to be good. Now, Bob, you did a lot of stuff in the community, led a lot of organizations and stuff. Uh, how does, uh, and also I noticed that also on Facebook, a lot of the people that you coached that, CAY uh, shouting out accolades to you because they were successful not only on track and field, but also in life. So uh, you've done quite a few things in the city. Why don't you share with our listeners some of the stuff that you were involved in? Wow. Well, uh, no, I think part of it had to do uh, with employment, where I was able to uh, take uh, corporate dollars and put them in the inner city uh, nonprofits. That was and then, so I did a lot of follow-up on some of that, like Central Area Motivation Program. Uh, we were, you know, I know, Eddie, you were very instrumental there. We, You ended up being the director. Uh, at, you know, as a number of us were on the board, and we were able to uh, uh, help you through some of the challenges that you had in trying to bring services to the inner city. Um, and then, you know, I've been on, gosh, I can't remember some of the boards I've been on. I was on the... Uh, Plymouth Housing Board, where we just, uh, two nights ago, the director for a number of years, Paul Lambros, just stepped down. I think he's like 16 years as a director, which was providing housing for the homeless. And it was an excellent, pro- it is an excellent program where uh, the uh, they provide housing and you get a key once you complete a certain amount of, pro- of, uh, of uh, 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 you got some, like uh, 
counseling and 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 medication, some of these pro these things you have to go through to prove that you're worthy of managing your own unit. And then they give you a key to live there and they test you and counsel you and give you medication uh, while you're staying there to keep you uh, to keep you going straight. But that was one of the problems. Then there was another nonprofit I was on that was building housing for low income. That that was uh, what was that one called? Anyway, it's still around. It was a it was a it's a good program. And the program I was probably most proud of that you were talking about was the South Central uh, Athletic Association, which ran an indoor and outdoor track and field program. And we'd usually have thirty to fifty kids every every year participating. And in fact, I was walking down the street the other night, and a and a young lady uh, she 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 uh, stopped and called me and then and uh she was Takia Jackson. I don't know if any of you remember Takia Jackson. Jackson played basketball Garfield. She started off at track. She was a hurdler and then went to and played uh yeah, I played remember her. Garfield and then she played at UCLA and she was just up here visiting and she still lives in LA. Yeah she was yeah. at Sally Ryan's birthday party last Saturday night. Oh is that right? Yeah yeah mm-hmm. and I see you also got an accolade from Kim Phillips, too, who's a superstar. Yep, Kim yeah. Phillips uh, was an excellent match, as were her brothers, Mark yes. and, and Peller, you know, as, as was her dad, Peller Sr., yeah. yeah. Now, someone uh, tried to say that you were the state champion in, in the high hurdles, but I think I That's my son, yeah. That's what I told I read, I read, I read Joe Harris. I said, I yeah. believe that was Dr. Ross Flowers, who was a hurdler. Yeah, that's Ross. Was he, a he was hurdling people shooting jump shots. He, he's but, got a son <laughs> that could be a state champion in the sprints if he, you know, if he really wants to do it. Mm-hmm. And the prom yeah. doesn't come up the same day as the qualifying meet. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Now, uh, I want to ask Lenny Wilkins, everybody want to know this. What is the possibility of getting the Seattle Supersonics back in Seattle, Washington? Well, I'll tell you, Eddie, um, the NBA has already said that it would like to have Seattle and uh, Las Vegas in as an expansion team. And so that'll probably take a year. Now, whether they use the Sonic name or not, I don't know. But certainly is there for them. And uh, one of the things I'll recommend, if I were them, uh, whoever is getting this team or will get this team, I would suggest that they use Sonics because there's a huge following here. And it'd be a no-brainer to get out, market, promote uh, the Sonics. And so it it could happen. So we'll see. But uh, it's more for real now than it's ever been. And uh, so, uh, Roy, what would you like to see happening in terms of a team coming to the city? Oh, I'd love for them to bring him back. Like Mr. Wilkins said, um, you already have, I think you have a lot of people here running around in uh, Sonic um, uh, uniforms and jerseys and everything with names on them. <laughs> and so you already have that name already here. So I think the best thing, the best name they could call them would be the Sonics. So they could start right there and go from there. Seattle's always been a basketball city. I read recently uh, over the weekend about uh, Jamal Crawford's um, tournament. Crawford. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what, what, how that tournament every year just grows and grows. A good friend of mine, Lampus Harvey tried to go to that game a couple of years ago. And I think we got it within a mile of that place. And the line was around the block. So I looked around. I looked at Lambert and said, let's go get something to eat. 
<laughs> but we were, well, I wasn't getting in that line. That would get in that line. But that game, I mean, you know, that like I said, basketball, Seattle is a basketball city. So to bring back the signs would be, that would be great. I'd love to see that. Yeah, and yeah, there's, there's, there's does a wonderful job. And yeah. getting young people, he gives back to the community. He's a great example. And he's also a good friend. But uh, you're right. And, and we have so many uh, fans here, but we also have a lot of retired players that live in the area. Fred mm, Brown yeah. still lives in the area. Jack Sigma still lives in the area. Slick Watts mm-hmm. still lives in the area. So we have, yeah. you know, we have all that there, and it's just mm-hmm. waiting to be tapped into. And, and I want to say that uh, there's I money was, uh, for the ownership too. That that's the other key piece. I think there's local money that would step up to buy a, a team or a yeah. expansion team. Uh, if 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 they were available for Seattle, and I want to say that uh, last October I participated in a ceremony where a street was named for Coach Lenny Wilkins adjacent to the Climate Pledge Arena. All so, right, uh, congratulations on that too, Coach, on another uh, yeah, accomplishment and a well-deserved honor. So we got about the Blue Angels are coming back to it. We got about a minute or so left. Is there anything that anybody would like to close Let out? Let me with? just give a, a nice salute to Bill Russell. Uh, you know, again, his friendship with Jim, the late Jim Lydell, uh, provided me with some social opportunities with with Bill Russell. And Jim would often have in his basement uh, a party with two or three, four couples, and then invite Bill. You know, and Bill would usually sit at the bar, you know, quiet, not saying anything. And then all of a sudden he and Jim would start talking and start laughing. And uh, they both would share jokes and then they'd get the rest of us involved. But, he, you know, he was a pretty private person. He didn't, you know, he didn't like to uh, have a whole lot of uh, attention, but uh, he he enjoyed his humorous stories that Lily Jim Lydell would would often bring up and he would, they would share them with us. And uh, that was, that was a real fond memory of sitting in the basement with Bill Russell, having drinks and with our wives and uh, listening to them tell crazy stories. Mm. Well, I was just uh, uh, so happy that he passed this way. And uh, also want to thank y'all for uh, showing up, giving this tribute uh, to Bill. I let everybody know Joe Godot was all city and see our prep now. And, uh, <laughs> he's been all state at Garfield, though. Yeah, he's been all state at Garfield. <laughs> yeah, he would. Yeah. Yeah, you, you're probably right. So, anyway, hey, thank you all very much, and I'll see you soon. Uh, be careful and uh, dodge some blue angels. So Thanks, Mr. Ryan. Mr. Ryan, Mr. Ryan, you keep doing. Mr. Ryan, you. you keep doing what you're doing. All yes, right, nice job. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxhops.com. 
Why sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill and the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Link Light Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Link Light Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. You found us. Maybe you've been guided to listen. Alternative Talk 1150. All right, we're back. Just did a tribute to uh, uh, the late, great uh, Bill Russell with uh, Lenny Wilkins and uh, Roy Hayes, Bob Flowers, Spencer Hayward, and Joe and Danella Godot. So uh, anyway, uh, now we have Aaron Fleece on who is running between airports trying to get to the city or for the Brown Girls Brunch that will be held on Saturday uh, on uh, Yacht Way over in Ruston, Washington on the water. So Aaron, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So I know you guys are in the middle of travel and stuff, but uh, uh, are you operating out of Seattle or are you uh, uh, nationwide now? I am operating out of Houston. So I live in Houston, Texas, and um, but we have been on tour and Seattle is our next stop. So I'm excited to be back in my hometown. And uh, so, uh, is, is, is Dr. Donald Fleeks living in Houston now, too? He does. Okay, that's what I thought he got back down there because he went to college in, at Southern, Texas Southern. Yeah, he, he went to he went to Texas Southern, graduated Texas Southern, and he came back after what fifty years, I think. So now yeah. he's back here with me. Okay, well, I know he wasn't gonna let you go too far, but why don't you <laughs> share with our listeners about something about you and your colleagues' business and what you guys are doing? Yeah, so we started um, a brunch, and my colleague, Teresha Wilkinson, sorry that she's not on. Um, her father-in-law recently passed a couple of days ago, so, um, you know, please keep her in your prayers. Keep the family in her prayers. But she um, she started um, this Brown Girls Brunch, which was a networking event to bring women together to talk about entrepreneurship, um, how to advance in, you know, your careers, marketing, branding, and then developing lifelong um, friendships and bonds and business relationships. So she started it in, in Atlanta, which was the first one in December. And then she came to me and said, hey, um, you know, I would love for you to partner with me. What do you think about this? And we had talked about it um, maybe several months prior to her doing it in Atlanta. And I kind of had some other stuff going on. So then she circled back and we had our first one in 2022 here in Houston. It was a huge success, and people have been pulling us left and right to come to their town. So we did Essence Fest. We had Miss Chrisette Michelle. We had uh, we went to um, Dallas, and we had Braley Evans from the family business and um, some other stuff. And then now we're coming to Seattle. So we got a great panel. Um, we have um, a, a, a lots of the brunch and unlimited mimosas and prizes and vendors and a lot of good stuff 
um, for women. So we're really excited about it. Excuse me. So, but uh, in terms of this, uh, you say you guys have been on tour. Give our listeners a little bit more information and detail about exactly, uh, is it something that you bring every folks together? I noticed that State Senator Twyla Nobles is also on the flyer that I posted on my Facebook about the Brown Girls Brunch. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Just give us a little bit more details about how this got started. And uh, you said that you guys are in demand. And so uh, let our listeners know exactly what they need to do to get over to Ruston Way on uh, Saturday. It's from 12 to 3, correct? Sure. It's Saturday from 12 to 3. So, yeah, so we came together and we thought Seattle would be another great location since we've been um, in, in all the other cities. And so we reached out to several prominent women in the community, just like Senator Tawana Nobles, who uh, Tacoma Urban League was one of our major sponsors. Um, and then we also reached out to Tia Fields, the spoken word artist. We have Darnisha Weary, who is the owner of Black Coffee Northwest. We have Miss Benita Thomas, who is the owner and founder of Love Her, um, the app. And then uh, we have um, uh, Jamie Elmore, of course, who is the CEO and founder of Bald Life and Bald Life Magazine. So we... we we, uh, and the producer of this segment of the program. And the producer <laughs> of the segment of the program. So we reached out to each of them and asked them would they be on a panel to share their expertise about how they got started, you know, about their, you know, their journey, helping other women. This this whole thing is just to really encourage and inspire other women who would like to, to you know, do and desire to do things that they want to do entrepreneurship or you know advancing in their career and things like that so we reached out to these ladies they all agreed and so um we are all coming together saturday um from 12 to 3 it's the marketplace at tacoma and the um on the waterfront and so they can go to brown girl brunch brown girl brunch series.com there's still a few tickets left um so they are able to come but um, you know, tickets are super, super limited, so I would encourage if anybody does want to come and enjoy the Brown Girl experience, um, they get their tickets like today. Okay. And, and uh, your uh, cohort is from uh, from Atlanta, Georgia, right? You're yes. out of Houston. She's out of, so in, uh, how many cities have you guys been to, and what has the reception been like? So we have been to, we started, we did Atlanta, Houston, New Orleans. Dallas. So we've been to four cities so far and the reception, it's been really well. Everybody has been, it's been great. We've expected maybe about 60 to 70 women. And so far we've had over a hundred women in each city. And then, um, then after Seattle, we're headed to New York. We'll be in New York for New York Fashion Week Black, um, which is uh, founded by Nicole Betts, who was part of uh, New York Fashion Week. And then we are back in Atlanta in December. So we have a whole another one in Atlanta in December. So um, we are truly excited and we're planning our 2023. So we have um, some more cities that we're adding um, to the tour as well. So in, in a, this, the essence of this whole thing is to bring uh, black women that are progressive together. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there a political agenda or... Not a political agenda. It's a, it's a, it's one of the things I always tell people when we, um, when we did Houston, ladies left the brunch and they created businesses together and they created bonds. So a lot of times people go to brunches and they kind of listen to the speakers and that kind of thing. And then they're going to leave and that's it. Well, our brunches have been 
really interactive and really getting these women connected to their desired demographics. So if they need a publicist, I'm a publicist. They can connect to me if they need, you know, if they want to um, be a fashion designer. We had that was in Dallas. We had um, a lady who was a uh, fashion designer. We had somebody who owned their own bank, a black woman who owned her own bank in Dallas. So she connected to them and she taught them, you know, she told them how they can connect to her and get loans from her, her bank and things like that. So what we do is we want people to leave with the tools that they need in order to advance and whatever their desire is, whatever their desired demographics, whatever they want to do, we want to make sure that they, they connect to our panelists and other women within the, in, um, in the building. So. Now uh, here we, you have uh, uh, Senator Twina Nobles. What kind of response did you get in terms of elected officials in other cities that you uh, held this event? So I did not get a lot of response from elected officials in other cities. We did get um, in Dallas, we've got we had judges. So we had two of the black judges that were elected out there. So they came to the event. Um, but Senator Tawana Nobles, she has been very, very supportive of this brunch. And the Tacoma Urban League was one of our actually our major sponsor for this event. So it was just only fitting that she, you know, be on the panel as well. Um, and then, you know, we talked to her about, you know, what she's doing in the community and things like that. So we're really, really excited that um, Senator Nobles is on the panel as well as um, the Tacoma Urban League supporting the event. Who are the other participants uh, in the, uh, the, the event over on Rustin Way? So the other participants, again, is Tia Fields. Um, she is a moderator. She's a spoken word artist and an educator in the community. Um, outstanding one, too. Outstanding. Outstanding. Of course, Jamie Elmore, who is the um, you know founder of Bald Life magazine and um, her Bald Life community. We also have Benita Thomas, who is the CEO of a new app called I Love, Love Her app. And so she's doing a lot of promotion. She's actually been a major sponsor for us as well. So she, her products have been in every city that we've been in. Um, we also have, um, of course, Senator Tawana Nobles. And we have, oh, and then we also have Jonte Robinson, which is the Diversity and Equity and Inclusion Chief Officer um, for Sound Transit. So she and the sponsor of, of this program. And one of the, oh, okay. Yes, uh, so, yes, yes, uh, Jonte Robinson. Awesome. Yes, uh, yeah, the, 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 the Office of Civil Rights, Diversity, and Inclusion for Sound yes. Transit. That's right. Yes. And so, so yeah, she, yeah. So, no, you have, and then Benita Thomas, I've been, we worked together years ago. She's a lot younger than me, but she was very effective uh, yes. in terms of advocating for equity for Black folks. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always have her stuff together. So, she's an outstanding person as well. So, yes. I know. And then Darnisha Weary. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed two people. Darnisha Weary, which is from Black Coffee Northwest. She owns the the coffee, uh, the coffee shop out in the North End. And then Keisha Credit, which is an entrepreneur, business strategist. And she also um, was the responsible for, um, you know, having a few uh, multimillion dollar companies and then also create with Keisha. So Keisha is on our panel as well. So I'm really excited um, that she is a part of this um, Brown Girl Brunch that's coming up this Saturday. Now, uh, if you say there are a few tickets left, how can one access the tickets? Because after two hours after this live program, this program will be available on uh, on uh, Alexa as, also, as well as on my podcast. 
so people can hear it again. But I want to make sure they do listen again. They want to hear what's going over on Rustin Way with the Black, uh, the Brown Girls Brunch, that they can have access to that information. So can you give us uh, some contact information for people who are listening? Sure. So you can go to www.browngirlbrunch.com, and that's girl without an S. So Brown Girl Brunch Series, excuse me, Brown Girl Brunch Series. Dot com, and you can find out all the information about who we are and what we do and our mission. And then you can also find the links to tickets for Seattle. And uh, the, in your next move after you leave here, the Northwest, you'll be going to when is the New York event? We'll be in New York September 11th. So we'll actually be there all week working with New York Fashion Week Black. And then that Sunday, September 11th, we'll be in New York for our um, for our brunch. Well, uh, that, that's outstanding. And uh, what exactly now, uh, in terms of uh, uh, your uh, cohort, uh, Miss uh, Brown Wilkinson? Mm-hmm. Brown Wilkinson. Wilkinson, mm-hmm. Wilkinson yeah. Uh, I just wanted to just at least mention her one more time since she wasn't able, because you guys are traveling. I know the logistics were a nightmare, and I'm glad you were able to get on. Yeah. But we got just we'll take about a minute and just let tell our listeners a little bit about her. So she is a publicist, and actually, she does a lot in the political realm. So she is she does a lot in um, in Atlanta. So her client is Senator um, or Representative, excuse me, Erica Thomas, um, and so she does a lot of things with um, politics. She works for an organization that puts on major events for politicians in the area, and they're doing they're gearing up um, right now for their big voting. Um, voting uh event so she does a lot in that realm and then she also um owns an event center out there um she does quite a bit so she's a the serial okay. entrepreneur and then okay also- well we're we're, Aaron, uh, we're out of time but i want to okay. thank you like i said this kicking here's again so thank you very much and i do want to say that i want to thank uh sound trance's office of uh, civil rights diversity and inclusion led by john t robinson the City of Seattle's Office of Purchasing Construction Services, led by Liz Alzier. The Port of Seattle's uh, Diversity Contracting Office, led by me and Rice, and assisted by uh, Lawrence Coleman and Josie Regan. And this has been Eddie Rabb with another edition of Urban Forum Northwest. want to thank Eric, as always, for coming up with appropriate tunes for Bill Russell playing basketball. And he always comes up with the right tunes at the right time. So, uh, Eric, thank you very much for your assistance once again, my man. Have a good weekend and uh, dodge the Blue Angels.